Hello and welcome to Navigating the Twenties. You are with me, Zinta Novazi. And if you haven't heard about us before, this is a great intro to what is Navigating the Twenties all about. So some of you might have been following us on LinkedIn. We initially started as a LinkedIn newsletter. And from some of our followers, we got the request that please, please, can you do a podcast version of the newsletter? And so here we are. But to kind of give you a background on what navigating the 20s is all about, this was formed from my own personal struggles navigating the 20s. I'm now officially on the last uh, year of my 20s, and I really wanted to play it back to other 20-year-olds that are facing or grappling similar challenges. Navigating the 20s is supposed to be a platform, a community, where we can all come together and candidly speak about our experiences. Whether you're struggling in corporate, uh, whether you're in a toxic work environment, or perhaps you've decided to become an entrepreneur, you're a solo entrepreneur, and you're trying to figure out how to do this in your 20s. Truth of the matter is, I struggled in my 20s, um, being an attorney, transitioning from different careers in my 20s. And I found that what made the transition easy was the fact that I felt supported. I had a community of friends, a community of mentors and resources that were available to me. So my point in doing all of this is to democratize resources and knowledge. Let's come together. Let's support each other as young professionals and learn from each other because Believe it or not, we're facing similar struggles, we have similar questions, and this is really what this platform is all about. I guess the other question that I get about navigating the 20s is, is this podcast or the newsletter only limited to 20-year-olds? And the answer simply is no. So navigating the 20s is because that's the decade that we can really point out where we say young professionals are struggling. But it's not just limited to the 20-year-olds. I think we can play it back. I think of navigating the 20s as an intergenerational conversation. It is a guiding light for those that are going to enter their 20s. And it's a reflection point for those that have already surpassed their 20s. And let's face it, some of these challenges, if we don't have the opportunity to embrace and tackle them in, the, in our 20s, they reappear again in our 30s. So if you are 40-something, 50, uh, or just finish the decade of your 20s, this community is as much for you as it is for 20-year-olds. So the other thing we might want to know is what kind of topics will we be covering in Navigating the 20s? So from a newsletter point of view, we've covered quite a few topics. We've covered the idea of a multi-potentialite. Some of you will know that I identify as a multi-potentialite. So what it means to be a multi-potentialite in corporate. We've covered the idea of embracing an authentic self and when it comes to things like work-life balance, whether a work-life balance really exists. On this platform, we are going to be covering various topics, but just to put them broadly, we're, we're going to cover career insights. This is from things like, what happens if I'm in corporate and I decide that actually corporate's not working out for me, I want to become an entrepreneur. How do you navigate that transition? Or maybe you are in corporate, but you're not really enjoying it. You feel out of alignment with the career that you've chosen. We'll also be speaking about things personal development related. How do you stay on top of your game? But in staying on top of your game, how do you stay authentically 
in touch with who you are at your core. Those are the kind of things that we'll be looking at. How do you sustainably personally develop yourself in your 20s? And of course, 20s are removed from the idea of relationships. So we will be tackling relationships, whether it's romantic relationships, building networks, because all of these are super critical in your 20s. And lastly, we'll also be dealing with wellness and health because obviously we're holistic individuals. And so I think fundamentally the point of this first episode is to introduce myself. Some of you don't know who I am. Some of you may have been following my journey through LinkedIn and social media or various other platforms. So it's only fair that I have a conversation with you about who I am and where navigating the 20s fits in. So by way of background, I think if I speak about my journey, you need to holistically understand how I came into being. So first of all, I grew up in South Africa, literally across the country. I lived in seven different cities across five different provinces, went to seven different schools. And I think what came from this experience fundamentally is that I learned how to adapt quickly and how to build relationships. And so for me, it's easy to connect to people. Um, I find meaningfulness in helping people. And I think that was based on how I grew up. Uh, What's unique about my experience is that having grown up across the country, I don't speak one single language. I speak a combination of five to six different languages because of my lived experience, having grown up in a family that was Tosa, but with a dad that was Tsana in a community that was Tsana and growing up in school, speaking English, being uh, brought up by nannies that came from Lesotho. And honestly, that that has taught me how to connect with people. Growing up, I'd say I was a bit of a problematic child, uh, problematic in that I seemed to look like I lacked focus. It's only now in my 20s that I understand that it's not a lack of focus, but that I really am a multi-passionate person. And this is where my journey starts. I would say in high school and primary school, I had this issue where I could never commit to one sport. I was the person who was playing hockey, netball, basketball, uh, running, trying to swim and still take an extra subject. I think I took nine subjects in matric. So on top of that, I was trying to also do the cultural activities, debating, public speaking. And the advice I often got was that, you know, you need to choose. You can't play netball and play basketball. But I really found love in the duality of things. I found that I was extremely motivated. And there were times in high school where I wasn't performing. And most of the teachers would say it's because you're so focused on so many extracurricular activities. Maybe if you cut down the sports and just focus on your academics, you would do well. And I would do that and I'd feel so drained and I couldn't understand, like everything just wasn't exciting. And so I soon learned that having this mix of everything in the table is really what adds character to who I am. And it's at the core and the essence of who I was. And I didn't quite get it then. And then I found myself in University. I studied at the University of Cape Town my first year, enrolled for the BSOC SI LLB program. And in my first year, I was quite diligent, made Dean's Merit List, um, was part of Golden Key. So in the top 15 of the university. 
And in second year, something shifted in me where I was like, okay, this is not quite it. Started hanging around some of the engineering students, some of the accounting students. In fact, I was attending all the other faculties lectures except for law lectures. And that led me down a journey where I thought I wanted to become an entrepreneur. And so instead of attending lectures, sometimes I was skipping out lectures to go pitch for funding for some of the initiatives. The first project I ever did with um, my business partners then was the Cool Shack project, which was around trying to retrofit shacks. Um, we really tried to sell this business model, but it wasn't going to be profitable because at its core, it was a social justice initiative. But from that experience, I really learned that the reason why I was liking my varsity experience was because I was learning how to be an entrepreneur on the go whilst learning the law, learning a bit of engineering, learning a bit of accounting. And it caused a lot of confusion where I was like, uh, maybe I'm in the wrong degree stream, but it wasn't that I was in the wrong degree stream. It's that I'm inherently a curious person. And what I found is by the end of my degree, I had such a holistic approach to learning. I knew what you needed for a business development plan. I knew how to pitch. And those are all core skills that I would have not otherwise just learned from an LLB degree. But because of my failings and my entrepreneurial ventures not taking off, I then thought, okay, it's time to focus. We should go into law. I went into consulting first and then um, did my articles at a law firm, qualified as an attorney. And even during my articles, there was that split focus where, again, my entrepreneurial curiosity um, was up again. And you must understand, anyone who's done articles will tell you that it is a difficult journey. Um, you are studying for board exams. You're working long hours. The learning curve to become an attorney is extremely steep because Varsity doesn't prepare you um, for that steep learning curve. So I found myself doing more speaking engagements. I really focused on building my brand. I was getting invited to speak um, at like legal shows and I was giving talks on that. So that was going on. And I started becoming entrepreneurially curious again. You know, I was helping friends with business plans, some of them setting off their businesses. And I got into being extremely sporty. So I was also running, doing races, got into CrossFit, started weightlifting seriously, started kayaking a lot. So all of that was on the plate together with studying for boards. And along that journey, I started my journey with Heavy Chef. And that initially started off as me co-hosting the Heavy Chef show, but then it led into more deeper involvement into the Heavy Chef community. So what was difficult for me was that I was often asked, you need to decide what you want to be. Do you actually want to be a runner? Do you want to be a podcast host? Or do you actually want to be a lawyer? And again, I think that advice is ill-informed um, because it should never be uh, choose between the two. You can have it all. It is difficult, but it can work. And I think we need to stop limiting people and making them feel that to be successful, that the only way to do it is to focus on one thing. I think it works for some people, but for somebody like me, telling me to do that drains my energy because I get stimulus from being stimulated by various activities. And to also tell people that they're unfocused because they're multi-passionate is extremely wrong. In fact, just recently, I think I was talking to um, 
Dr. Carla, she said that you still have a focal point, right? So as a multi-passionate person, there is a focal point that's driving your passion projects. So even though to somebody else it looks like you're unfocused, but there's a focus because there's something within you that's driving that. And so I think we need to start rethinking the idea of how we see multi-potentialite. So that continued. I had that toss-up where it's like I had to choose whether I wanted to be in corporate or whether I wanted to continue my curiosity in being involved in different projects. And I think I went through a journey of a lot of self-doubt with that, where I thought there was something wrong with me and I couldn't embrace the idea that I had to be what another friend would call monolithic in my way of thinking, in my way of executing and in my way of doing. And over time, I actually start to realize there are many other multi-potentialites that are like me uh, with diverse interests that are forced to be, you know, narrowly focused on one topic because that's the idea of success, that you need to be focused and so on. And I think we need to debunk the idea of what it means to be a multi-passionate person. I think everyone to their core is multi-passionate. We are not one-sided people. And the danger with not allowing multi-potentialites to embrace themselves or fully embrace who they are in any environment is that they can't bring their full selves. So that also actually kind of brings me to my second theme that whilst in corporate, other than dealing with struggles of being black and female in corporate, which is a topic on its own, I found that most of the time I couldn't bring my full self to work because I knew that there was a stigma around let me not say stigma, people were hesitant to embrace the fact that I am so diverse, right? Um, and how do you put somebody who's so diverse in a highly specialized environment? And I hope that like through our conversations, we can change the way corporate look at multi-potentialites. So another part in my journey, I guess this book was actually gifted to me by a friend, which is Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. And I think I related to so many aspects of her journey, but a critical key point she highlights that are also kind of uh, reflecting back on my own journey. So in my childhood growing up, a lot of people used to ask me what I wanted to be. And I think my mom has this recording where I literally somebody would ask me what do I want what do I want to be when I grow up and I listed every profession like under the sun that I knew about I, I think I started with a, a software developer because that's what my mom was and then I would go to like engineering a doctor a lawyer and I would name all of them and it's not until I was an adult that I was reflecting back on that point and I was like actually that was a profound thing for me to say because I had an epiphany the other day where I'm like, people ask us what do we want to be when we grow up as if growing up is a finite journey. Like you get, you become a grown up and you stop growing. And that traps a lot of us into thinking that like you need to have certainty at a certain point when you're a grown up to put it into practical example for you guys is that in my own journey, because I've had so many transitions. I feel like I'm evolving and I'm continuously growing up. So even now when somebody asks me, like, what do I do? I kind of want to give them the idea that this might not be what I'll do for the rest of my life, that there's a possibility that they will be changed, that we don't, because growth is an, inf is an infinite journey. It never stops, right? 
and and it continues until infinity which means you sh- you you should be allowed to embrace different versions of yourself and it should be the same in your career like you don't have to be a lawyer or an accountant for the rest of your life and just commit to that allow yourself to evolve outside of that and even as a person i think in my career and in my journey i've had to shed different versions of myself where when I graduated from university, I first was committed to the idea of becoming an attorney. And then when I realized like, I don't want to be an attorney in practice, I had to let go of that identity and that perception. And sometimes you need validation from the people who you feel, you know, that they're the ones that are holding you to that standard, whether it be your parents, your friends. And when you shed that identity and you embrace the new layer, and I guess my new layer after that was that I embraced my identity as somebody who was entrepreneurially curious. So not necessarily that I was an entrepreneur, but I had this willingness for innovation. And when I looked at my community, it was a community of a lot of entrepreneurs. So allow yourself to evolve to different identities. And if you see that an identity no longer fits, allow yourself to shed it off, like leave it. Otherwise it constrains you from the potential growth that you might have. One of the most profound things that somebody could have said to me for when I was in uh, high school trying to figure out what to do next is if they had said to me, it's okay if you don't know what you want to be right now, um, because that can always change, right? So even if you do know you want to be a lawyer, you might not want to be a lawyer for the rest of your life. And I think if people gave us that kind of certainty earlier on, we wouldn't feel that we needed to be fully committed to a specific career. So that's just one of the things that I want to touch on in this podcast about identity and confining yourself to one career. The truth is most of us are going to have many careers over a lifetime, Um, and so if you're finding yourself in that where in that space where you're like, I should be specializing, I should be loyal to just one career, you need to question what's making that assumption in your mind. I've had to sit down and journal about this and speak to other people about that. So I think we're going to be speaking a lot about that and we're going to be speaking about a quintessential crisis. So With the quintessential crisis or quarter life crisis, I think I've gone through maybe three of these in my 20s where it has been around my career. We have had several career transitions. I've even taken a year off my career to go pursue my master's in London. And even that, you know, the fact that I pursued my master's in a non-traditional sort of field because I diverted away from my field of expertise, which was tax at the time and decided to pursue a master's in technology, media and telecoms with a focus in like AI, robotics, IP and so on. We really need to speak about the quintessential crisis. Like how many of you have gone through periods where everything just doesn't make sense? You feel you're living an inauthentic experience things feel out of alignment and you go through this period where you're just constantly questioning, am I on the right path, right? Am I supposed to be doing this, right? Am I in the right environment? Should I be doing something else? And with quintessential crises, I would say that the biggest thing that exacerbates that is that we lack the time to really sit with ourselves, to introspect, to check in with ourselves. Because life is just going so fast that we don't have enough time to check in with ourselves. For me personally, my life is busy. 
And what I find is it's only when I'm sick, when I can't run, I can't be, you know, at meetings, I can't do whatever that when life really shuts down, then I get to tune in. But by then it's too late, right? It's like you've now forced your body to completely shut down to say, hey, will you have a look at what is wrong with us? And either than that, we need to also look at the holistic human being, right? For me, Literally, I would say that sports or being active has saved me from so much um, that I was going through in life. My base is running. I love to run. And that also has its own challenges living in South Africa, being a woman. Um, you've got limitations around that. But I've got a community of runners that I run with. Um, some of you will know I do run with the Adidas Runners Group. I've run with the ones in Cape Town, Johannesburg, and in London. And for me, that has been a stable community um, to help me reach my goal from running a half marathon all the way to running a full marathon. And of course, my CrossFit communities, which I've had across the country, CrossFit, um, strength training. And we're going to speak about all these things and how important they are in your 20s that, you know, building muscle mass can prevent a lot of things. We'll speak through diet because I've also had to change the way I eat. I've had to make my life severely efficient. Um, realizing like what foods work for me, what foods don't work for me. And really this podcast is going to be as holistic as possible. What I really hope to achieve at the end of this podcast is that we really form a community. I want to democratize knowledge. As I spoke or alluded to earlier, in my journey, I've been so fortunate, right, that I had resources. And when I speak about resources, I'm talking about psychologists, business coaches, um, even biokineticists and dietitians that helped me along the way. But I realized that as young professionals, some of us can't necessarily afford all of these resources or they're not easily available. And so I hope to invite some other people that walk this journey with me, that assisted me in creating a more efficient, happy, and holistically aligned person. So we will be inviting them onto this podcast to come and share some of the information with you guys. So I'm really excited to form this community. If you've found this podcast to be super helpful, won't you share it with somebody who's in your life that you think might benefit from some of the information we've shared in this podcast? If you are a fan of our podcast and you'd love to see us grow, please subscribe and leave us with a review. We would really value your input, your comments, your feedback, so that it can help this podcast grow into a better podcast. And also, if you can, won't you follow us on social media so that we can keep in touch and you can be part of an evolving community of young professionals. We would love to engage with you on various platforms, be it Instagram, on LinkedIn, Facebook, and on Twitter. So please make sure that you are following us on these various platforms. Until next time, keep navigating, keep thriving, and keep embracing the journey that is your 20s.